Okay, as we fade out of the music, we need to fade into Voice of Christian Israel right here on Eurofolk Radio. Today is December the 1st, 2019, and this is Eurofolk Radio, Voice of Christian Israel, and my usual co-host, Pastor Martins, broadcasting from Namibia today. How are you? Good evening, Pastor, and also good evening to all our listeners across the globe. Yes, Pastor, it's going very well. Uh, we are on the verge of getting beautiful rain. It hasn't rained here for two years, more oh, than wow. two years, I believe. And um, when I arrived here on Wednesday of last week, I prophetically said that by the end of the weekend, we will have rains. And after the, um, the humbling that we had yesterday as a group uh, of most probably in the order of about 46 persons, we uh, experienced such a wonderful presence of Yahweh's Spirit and uh, such a wonderful eventful uh, time that we've had together and also... Uh, this afternoon, the clouds started drawing up, and we've had some lightning, we've had some thunder, we've had a little bit of rain, but the promises are great for more rain to come. Good. And we even had a small section or a small piece of uh, rainbow. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So yeah. the, the promises of. Yeah. Well, and maybe... it's extremely dry yet. It's been extremely dry, Pastor. In fact,. Um, there's no grass, there's been no grass for the past two years. So you can imagine how dry it is. Yes. Uh, even the, uh, the animals are dying. Um, the, the, even uh, w one of the members of um, this, uh, this weekend's events uh, went out last night and nearly walked over a baby bat-eared fox. Wow. So the baby bat-eared fox was actually saved because the mother was too weak. Because of the drought, the mother was, was too weak to uh, take care uh, of even uh, to, to take care of the little one. So we managed to have the little one survive, at least in, in the care of somebody who is very fond of animals. Uh -huh. And, uh, of course, um, bat-eared foxes are uh, a man's friends. They eat insects. Oh, okay. So, uh, it, it is a good thing that uh, this bat-eared fox had been salvaged because he would have died. Sure. Uh, the mother was too weak to even uh, um, provide milk for the little one. Right. Well, the, uh, the billing that you have given, and you talked about it uh, a week ago and two weeks ago, and uh, the great humbling in uh, Namibia, and, of course, uh, this applies yes. to all of us in Christian Israel and should apply to Christianity everywhere. Uh, for example, uh, the yes. American Revolution was preceded by an event called the Great Awakening. And the Great Awakening was yeah. a great humbling, a revival of scriptural teaching uh, that actually began in England and was but became very, very strong in the colonies and perhaps strongest in the colonies, uh, referred to as the Great Awakening. And uh, yeah. it, it, uh, it involved uh, mainly Protestant denominations. In fact, there was no Catholicism in America at this point in time. 
It involved the Dutch Reformed Church, Congregationalists, Presbyterians, Baptists, and even Anglicans who were uh, subject to yeah. it. It, begun, it was begun by a, a preacher named Whitehead in England, and he came to yeah. America and kept preaching, and he had such a profound effect on Christianity here in America, turning back to humility and uh, the pure word of God as opposed to the, uh, how should I put it, the secular uh, higher criticism that was uh, also you know, trying to take over as a result of the, uh, you know, the modernist movement in Europe and, the, of course, the emerging of the yeah. Darwinian uh, theo- theology. That's what it is. It's theology <laughs> in opposition it, to it the Bible. The theology, Over yes, it is. Yeah. Well, your comment. Uh, so how is this? Uh, yes, uh, how did it go? Pastor was absolutely excellent. Uh, from the eldest, well, I, I was the eldest and um, uh, going through all the, the, uh, the, the, the various ages of the person who were Participants and they came from uh, 700, 800 kilometers away, uh-huh. uh, specifically for the humbling event, which was, of course, uh, started off with the fasting on uh, Friday night, with us ending the fasting yesterday afternoon in sweltering heat. Uh-huh. Uh, there were no clouds yesterday, but uh, this afternoon the clouds started coming over, and uh, one could feel the, the, the dampness of the air increasing and then lightning started and thunder and um, it, there was a slight bristle and the promise of so much more to come. Okay. Uh, but uh, some of the people who, who returned to their homes in Vintuk and also in Swakopmund, they reported back on their way, it was heavy downpours all the way from a little town close by all the way to Vintuk and beyond. So what a wonderful... Uh, um, promise of the Father uh-huh. uh, unto those who humbled themselves over the weekend because Father Yahweh said that He would bless us with rain. Amen. And how wonderful He's busy yes. that as we're speaking. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Okay, so was there uh, you know, fundamentalists that is Christian identity preaching going on as well? And uh, uh, How was it received by the flock there? Pastor, yes. Um, I was the only conference speaker um, throughout. Okay. And, um, of course, everything everything that uh, was said, and uh, it, 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 we, we have a very um, active uh, group of Israelites who are active and they... they uh, were just absolutely wonderful. Um, quite a number of people who were at our um, event in Vintuk in uh, August uh, also uh, participated in this past weekend's events in um, where we are. It's on a farm. Okay. And uh, also throughout South Africa, people participated in the humbling and also in the um, the the days of the days events that we uh, participated okay. in today, and and all over, I received a, a great returns on on uh, what that happened. Uh, unfortunately, there were also those who, from the outset, um, they they wanted to um, 
how can I say, they wanted to uh, hijack the occasion. In fact, they even wanted to uh, uh, try and prevent the event. Okay. Uh, with all excuses that they, there was a period of humbling uh -huh. uh, just a few weeks ago uh, with Yom Kippur and with the... Sorry? Two of your members the, trying to do a separate event? No, not trying to do a separate event, but what they tried was to prevent this event from happening. Okay. Uh, stating that uh, I was, uh, I was uh, unlocking the wrath of the Almighty because <laughs> uh, this is not an appointed, uh, an appointed Feast. Uh, humbling okay. at all because... Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it was a time of humbling a, a few weeks ago, and in any case, um, what turned out is merely that uh, Father Yahweh isolated those who uh, think that they can manipulate Father's scriptures to see the, to to uh, uh, um, uh, try and right. uh, promote their own agendas. Right. Right. Well, the scriptures say, "Call a solemn assembly." It doesn't say yeah. that you have to have to you have to do it on a particular feast day. We have our uh, you know annual feast day schedule that we follow from the Old Testament, and Jesus followed it yeah. in the New Testament, and so did Paul. But that doesn't mean we're yeah. limited to those particular days of the year. We can call a solemn, solemn yeah. assembly at any time. Yes, absolutely, Pastor, and especially, well, one of the, I, I did some, the, some um, studies on this, and it is very clear that uh, at least seven or eight uh, different events of um, where, where the, the, the uh, nation of Israel were compelled to do a, or to call a humbling outside right. Of the humbling of the uh, Yom, uh, um, right. Yom Kippur, uh, yeah, the 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 seven you know, the seven commanded feast days of the year, right? Yeah, Yom Kippur, I believe, yes. is uh, the uh, the day of uh, what is it? Uh, atonement, right? Yom Kippur, yeah, okay. the day of atonement, yes, yeah, yeah, and so, but, um, but we celebrated that already, but that doesn't mean we can't uh, atone more often than once a year, right? Well, Pastor, it is very evident that from the scriptures you can see that atonement was a demand of Father Yahweh. Yes. Whenever it was, whenever it was evident that there was sin amongst the people. Yes. And oh boy. Also, when Father Yahweh uh, uh, indicated his discontent with the people when he, for example, sent the pestilences, and they were standing uh, at the the tent of uh, what, what do you call it in, in English? The tent, the tent van samenkomst, the, the tent of um, oh, where they had to meet. Oh, the tabernacle. Yeah, from Father Yahweh. What? Yeah, the tabernacle. The, yeah. Just a second. The tabernacle. The tabernacle, yes. yes. The tabernacle. Uh, and and in, in one event, for example, it was merely days after the Day of Atonement had already been done. When it became evident that there was, were more sins amongst the people than that they had made atonement for, and they called another atonement 
Um, but these naysayers have managed to isolate themselves. Um, of course, right. uh, Father Yahweh is going to deal with, with them because they, they, the things that they stated had torn the Boer people in shreds. Right. Right. And of course, of course, now many people are being are questioning those who try to prevent this atonement right. um, from happening. Well, here so, let me just quote the scriptures, where uh, it says in Second Kings ten twenty, and Yehu said, "Proclaim a solemn assembly." Actually, this was <laughs> a solemn assembly for Baal. He was a reprobate. Let's go to Joel. Sanctify ye a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of Yahweh your God, and cry unto Yahweh. Joel 2.15, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. That's what you did. What's wrong with that? That's what's wrong um, with that. Pastor, the, the whole thing is that it took the focus of the people off these uh, these um, and, and and there's a spiritual jealousy right. that became evident a few months ago, and of course when there's a spiritual jealousy, Father Yahweh deals with those who have uh, who give themselves over to jealousy. Yeah, and yeah, of, that of happens. course, Even once they have exposed <laughs> themselves, yeah, yeah, white people can be uh, a spiritual pride. Spiritual pride is what Spiritual I like to Spiritual pride, call. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's obviously what happened there. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I always look at it this way. Uh, whenever, uh, I mean, you were serving, you were performing your pastoral services to people in the, Namibia who invited you, correct? I mean, that's you, you correct, Paul. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, nobody should interfere with that. You know, if you're invited to, to do this, uh, nobody should, you know, interfere with that. So uh, if that conflict, if they think it conflicts with an event they may have had a month ago, uh, that is not scriptural reasoning, okay? The fact is we need humbling. <laughs> we need it badly and not just once or twice yes, a year. absolutely. Okay, yeah. Yes. We, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, very good. I'm glad that's going well, and uh, uh, you're still in Namibia as we speak. And uh, when are you planning on coming home? Uh, Pastor, I wish I knew, because they wanted us to stay longer, and uh, we we anticipated going back uh, tomorrow, but it seems as if our hosts would want us to stay at least to the weekend. Okay. So uh, we'll have to see... uh, you know what? Uh, if possible, maybe we can arrange a Skype presentation. Uh, I, I, I could uh, do yeah. a, a presentation on Paul and how Paul is misunderstood by the Paul bashers. Uh, I would love to do something like that. Yeah. So maybe that could be arranged on yeah. Skype. Okay. So, but okay. Yeah. So let's get back to our our subject, which we've been discussing. Now, this will be part three of our discussion of yeah. the the war on Christianity. Which uh, by James Perloff, who uh, was talking yeah. about the the uh, Council on International uh, Re- uh, well Foreign Relations and uh, globalists, mm. big shots, banksters, 
uh, changing Christianity from the inside by infiltration, placing communists and other types of subversives into theological seminaries and having them preach uh, in churches. And initially, this thrust was rejected by the vast majority of Christians. However, with, with all the money in the world, they kept persisting, and Rockefeller even built his own church, his own church building for the purpose of preaching this garbage called universalism and the social gospel. Okay? And so we talked about the participation of, of the Dulles brothers, and... Uh, so I'm yeah. going to start in at where it says forming an ecumenical structure underneath the picture of mm. John D. Rockefeller Sr. At, at the Riverside Church. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm getting feedback. Are you on a speakerphone? Can you switch to a headset? Uh, yes, Pastor. Yes. Okay. I, unfortunately, I, I just, I've just done so now. You can oh, okay. All right. Uh, Very good. Pastor. Okay. So forming an ecumenical structure. Excuse me. In the Illuminati's long view, once modernism, and modernism is the attempt to subvert Christianity to all sorts of modern doctrines that had never been taught before, and to distort old doctrines <laughs> and turn them into something completely different, once modernism has sufficiently degraded Christianity into just another religion, it could be bonded with other faiths. But before achieving this last step, Christian denominations themselves had to be united. Well, in other words, these other Christian mm -hmm. denominations had to be deformed. <laughs> uh, the deformed church. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you had yeah. experience with that with the Dutch deformed church in the Republic of South Africa, have you not? Uh, Pastor, yes. In fact, uh, uh, 25, 30 years ago, Apartheid was propagated and preached by the church. If, uh, if apartheid was seen as God's uh, message to the people, yes, yet um, 20, 20 years ago it was being propagated as a sin. And of course, uh, it, it just comes to show you how the church has changed over the past 25, 30 years. In fact, uh, as few years ago as 10 or 15 years ago, it was a very simple thing for gays even to be in the church. And then they started advocating that gays are being loved by Jesus <laughs> and that uh, they, they are welcomed in the church. And it wasn't long after that. In fact, um, the first gay um, minister and his... Uh, what can I call him? His, his partner, his gay partner, were inaugurated in an assembly in the Cape just the other day. Uh-huh. Right. So, right. Miss, Mrs. Dominey is now a Mr. Dominey. Mr. Dominey and his, what can I call him? A deformer. <laughs> it's just, a deformer. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just amazing, well... We talk about these um, uh, uh, guys as double adapters. Right. <laughs> yeah, ACDC, as they, they say, right? Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, they advocate all kinds of sexual immorality that the Bible obviously prohibits. 
By the way, um, yeah. somebody just put in the chat room a, a guy uh, with a sign on his back. Please don't kill me. I'm I'm just a tourist, not a bore. Yeah. So well, Pastor, that is yeah. the way it's been going uh, um, for the past or some time. Uh, uh, in fact, um, um, it's unbelievable how many people have been murdered on farms over the past few weeks. Right. Right. Well, what about Namibia? Is that going on in Namibia as well, or just is it still confined to South Africa? Uh, Boston, not as bad as um, South Africa at all. Okay. Uh, it is uh, it is not as rife. Uh, of course, there are um, many... Uh, there have been murders, far murders in Namibia, but it's not as frequent as it is in South Africa. And in South Africa, it's becoming an event um, that you can most probably say that there are two or three such events daily now. Yes. And that uh, uh, they are becoming more uh, uh, revengeful and more hideous. Right. Yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. Vengeance for perceived crimes against blacks by the Boer people, when no, yeah. no such thing has ever occurred. It's quite amazing, quite yeah. amazing. And uh, and for this reason, we we white folk, we need to humble ourselves and uh, disavow Esau Edom <laughs> and all of the lies exactly. of, of Judeo-Christianity as we know it today. And yeah. uh, why are there so few pastors who stick to the Word of God? You know, the, the Bible clearly says, no effeminate shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Is there, yeah. is there a Judeo-Christian out there who's capable of quoting scripture? Or are they all liars and deceivers? Uh, Apparently they are. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, Pastor, we, we are under extreme pressure. The moment that you post something on uh, Facebook, you are most probably bound to be uh, ostracized. Right. The moment that you post something which is truth. The moment you quote scripture. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mostly it is but mostly it is ostracized by Dominis. Right. Of course they what they experience is they their income, their salaries, the source of their salaries and the people who are being misled by them are leaving the church. I believe that over the past few well a few months quite a number of churches have closed their doors okay oh you must have a bad connection or clicking and then you're loud so if you want to check that connection real quick to see if uh, uh is that better uh that's okay it's it's tolerable but uh, go ahead let's let's okay. uh, let's keep going i can boost your sound if necessary Yes, what, what, what I said was that uh, um, so many of the Dutch Reformed Church, in, 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 um, as a matter of fact, uh, all churches, so many of churches have closed their doors in South Africa purely because so many Boers have started withdrawing totally out of the church and becoming... Um, That's wonderful. Uh, and and That's... becoming open to their true identity and also with... Um, the mission that we've been running for the past five years and five months and about six days now is that 
there's such a wonderful awakening. In fact, there's a spiritual revival. Um, as I mentioned to you before, or on this program before, for many years we prayed in the church, when I was still in church, we prayed for spiritual revival. Little did we know at that time that the spiritual revival of which the scriptures talk about is not going to be in the church, but, is, but right. it's going to be amongst the people. Amen. And that I can vouch for, Pastor, because weekly I see uh, people who were standing very uh, 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 disassociated with the truth, now busy posting scripture, which is, and of, of course, uh, uh, you can see that these people have had a spiritual awakening and that they are now participating in posting of spirit, uh, scriptural and spiritual truths uh, in spite of the churches, in spite of the church dogmas or in right. in contrast to the scriptural uh, or the um, church right. doc dogmas. Well, actually, uh, what you're saying was part of my sermon this morning on bloodlines uh, due to the fact that the Judeo churches, the deformed churches, have become so lame in their preaching that they're, they're, it's boring. <laughs> Going to church is boring. Yeah. Nobody wants to go to church and be bored to death. You can stay home and watch television yeah. and get bored to death. Why leave the house for that, right? Yes, it, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, um, as when, when I was still, still studying theology, one of the things that we learned about preaching is if you... If you um, preach more than than a certain period of time. Uh -huh. If you preach longer than a half an hour, if you you will find one of two things: you will either be boring the people, or you will be um, uh, boring for gold, or you will be boring the people. That's, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, so you better effect. change the subject briefly, or pause for a commercial. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm interrupting my sermon for yeah, a myself. Brief, um, <laughs> yes, right. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, and, and the whole of Christianity has been uh, interrupted by an advert called ecumenism. And we are yes. in that, in that uh, living through that advert right now because that's what it is. It's propaganda. Yeah. It's a sales pitch by the deformed yeah. churches. So, now, the interesting thing here, though, is the, even the word church, church is an oxymoron because Paul, neither Paul nor Yahshua established churches per se, certainly not denominations. Paul went around exactly. establishing congregations of Israelites, not of yes, churches assemblies. of... Uh, yeah, assemblies of Israelites and... Those assemblies chose their own leaders. They chose their own elders, yeah. and they chose their own bishops. Those bishops were not yeah. opposed upon them by some church, like the deformed churches of South mm. Africa, who are actually nothing but Freemasons in disguise. Over to you. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. In fact, uh, we have more than Freemasons uh, in disguise. We also have the Afrikaner Bruderbund, uh, which we often uh, call or term uh, the Afrikaner Mafia. Right, okay. <laughs> I see, yeah, yeah. So the Afrikaner Mafia is a very, very large um, hold on all, everything in South Africa. Um, 
in spite of the fact, well, if you can recall, we've spoken about Sine van Rensburg uh, in a number of our programs, and Sine van Rensburg prophesied about the so-called Doornbos regering, the Thornbush government. And when one looks at how eager the Cape Dutch Afrikaner, Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners, uh, Freemason uh, cabinet ministers were, or the government for that matter, how eager they were to transfer power to the black uh, uh-huh. Freemason um, uh, communist uh, leaders. Yeah. Then, of course, it, it becomes evidence that they wanted, they, they were eager to hand over power. And um, they, it is very evident that they are the Thornbush government pulling the strings from behind and uh, right. the uh, present South African government merely uh, tap, toe-tapping to the, the advantage of these right. Uh, right. Uh, Dutch Afrikaner Masons yeah. in the background. Yeah, and we're not talking about Irish ta- uh, tap dancing. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about the puppet Absolutely. show. Arranged by guess who? The international banksters, the, right? The Zionists, the Zionists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's continue here. The Federal Council of Churches, later called the National Council of Churches, was founded in 1908. Heavily funded by the Rockefellers, it was to become the structural core of the drive to consolidate American Christianity, or uh, to deform it. The man chosen to spearhead ecumenism was none other than John Foster Dulles, who was Eisenhower's mm. Secretary of State and in-law of the Rockefellers. Yeah. Dulles was the attorney who defended Harry Emerson Fosdick, who had preached a sermon against uh, old-fashioned real Christianity, during his heresy investigation and he served as chairman of the trustees mm. of the Rockefeller Foundation, where Emerson's brother, Raymond, was president. So you can see there's an incestuous relationship here between the deformers of modern Christianity and the super-rich, the Illuminati. And okay? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to add the Illuminati, but um, yeah. you did so in my behalf. Right, yeah. And so this is something that people, average Christians, need to... This is a very important article, as I made mention of on this morning Bloodline show as well, because this article mm. does not really talk about Jews. It talks about how the the religion of Christianity has been subverted in the 20th century, mm. uh, giving great details. And so I, I, I encourage everybody to print this article out and turn it into a flyer and give it to your Christian friends. Uh, they'll be shocked. And if they're not shocked, they're, they're brain dead. <laughs> okay? Because mm. it names names and gives dates, and, uh, and the people and, and they, people can see these movements working in their churches right now. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. if, you, if you can't see this working out in your denomination right now, you are brain dead. All right? So he continues. Mm. At the 1919 yeah. Paris Peace Conference, which formed the League of Nations, first step toward world government, John Foster Dulles was legal counsel to the United States delegation. A founding me- and of course yeah. that whole thing was by the Zionists. The, the whole Paris Peace Conference was staged by the Zionists to create their Jew world government. A founding member yeah. of the Council for Foreign Relations, Dulles, 
contributed articles to the CFR's Journal of Foreign Affairs, beginning with its very first issue in 1922. An inveterate yeah. globalist, he eventually helped write the preamble to the United Nations Charter, which makes no mention of God and still does not today, and the name of Jesus Christ is forbidden in the UN chambers. Yeah. Dulles also mm. chaired the Carnegie Endowment for International Deception, where his choice for president of that institution was none other than Alger Hiss, communist, yeah. the notorious communist spy who was secretary general at the UN's founding conference in 1945. Well, if this isn't a, yeah. uh, a communist, a globalist conspiracy, I don't know what is. Absolutely. Yeah, so and, and we know that uh, the Council on Foreign Relations has reached into South Africa. Well, yeah, you may not be aware yeah. of, of the Dulles brothers, uh, maybe, but yeah. uh, certainly the uh, the Rockefeller Foundation, right, and the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, I'm sure they've had their hands in, in the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, which is an oxymoron because it's it's actually an endowment for oppression and subversion, yeah. okay? And uh, that these agencies have reached into South Africa. Aren't they responsible for the boycott of South African goods when uh, apartheid was uh, flourishing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and also, um, the, the subversions of the, um, w well, in spite of the fact that the white government of the time were also Edomites, it was a breaking down of the principles of apartheid, of course, which is exactly that which the Almighty Father expected of his people. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, apartheid, So it was a breaking down of apartheid. Now, now, something that I uh, actually stated or that was revealed to me uh, about two months ago is that the apartheid that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners instituted was, uh, uh, was intended to polarize the Boers. Okay. And that the apartheid that they instituted was not a biblical apartheid, but was a, an apartheid which was totally unbiblical. Yes. But it was only a mock apartheid. Right, the Kodenhoff-Kalergi Kodenhoff plan, where you have ethno-states yes. not along racial lines, but upon uh, you know, arbitrary lines, really, uh, such that anybody, yeah. a, a Namibian, <laughs> a black Namibian born in France, suddenly becomes a Frenchman. No, yeah. that's not the way it works. We, uh, nations yeah. are racial entities. They're, they're not merely ethnic yeah and uh, uh, uh nimblehorse in the chat room has stated the the uh line from second corinthians six seventeen, wherefore come ye out from among them and be yeah. ye separate saith yahweh and touch not the unclean the word thing there was added because the context yeah. there is people we're not to untouch unclean people and i will receive you that's second corinthians six seventeen. Yeah. back to you Yes, um, uh, absolutely so, Pastor. Uh, uh, one also sees it in the way in which uh, the um, uh, Judeo-Christian churches are using every possible means whereby they can propagate their, um, their, their 
ideals and ideologies which have been formulated by the Zionists even 120 years ago. That's right. There's old stuff, folks. It's very old stuff. Yeah. But they keep presenting it as if it was new because we have bad memories. Yeah. But the mainstream media, yeah. which I call the kosher press, uh, nevertheless does not yeah. change its tactics. It just relies on generations of dupes. <laughs> What's a, there's a yeah. sucker board every minute, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a sucker board every minute, the uh, the circus people say. And that's, that's what Judeo-Christianity has become. Modern Christianity has been, become a religion of suckers falling for cheap lies and they don't check these statements with scripture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In, in, in fact, they have no insight in scriptures, Pastor. Even if they do quote scriptures, they quote it out of context and they quote it only in a masquerade of their deception. Right? Yeah. And it's become a parody of itself. And uh, it's good yeah. that you said that the... Uh, the Boer people are beginning to reject the deformed churches, and the same thing is happening in America because uh, the deformed churches are no longer holding to people's holding people's interest. Okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. Uh, real preaching, good. real preaching, will bring them back into the fold. So let's continue here. Part of Dulles's yeah. religious agenda was to persuade the American churches to accept world government. In 1937, he wrote in the yeah. magazine Religion in Life, quote, Where then does the solution lie? A theoretical solution yeah. lies in the abolition of the entire concept of national sovereignty. Yeah. Where'd that idea come from? Isn't that a Zionist idea? Isn't that a communist idea? Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. The and the unification of the world into a single nation. There's the, your, your United yeah. Nations idea again, all over again. And the Babylonian oh. Tower is being rebuilt as we're speaking. Right, yeah, and it needs to be, uh, we need to get a bulldozer and bulldoze that UN building. Uh -huh. you know, why didn't, why yeah. didn't the terrorists at 9-11 choose the UN building instead of the Twin Towers? Uh, Pastor, yes, it's, it, it is... It would have been most significant if they did, but their, yes. their mates were all in the United Nations building. Right, that's right. <laughs> that's where the, the strings were being pulled from. Don't you know, folks? And, also, right? and also, what's his name? Uh, Schlesinger uh -huh. didn't have the, um, uh, uh, wasn't the owner of the United Nations building. Uh huh. Oh, oh, you, oh, you mean, uh, uh, not, not Schlesinger. Uh, I forget what his name is, but uh, yeah, the the guy who purchased uh, did you say the United Nations building or the Twin Towers? I no, what no, you said. he bought the, he he bought the, the the Twin Towers, right? And he he took out insurance for a value much higher than the buildings were bought for. Right, yeah, and he made a clean four billion. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, the whole thing was staged, a staged event. A Jew staged event, absolutely yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there's been so much loss of life. Let's pull it, which is jargon for yeah. let's demolish it, right? That that's referring to building yes. number seven. Yeah. Yes, and the other thing is that there were a, a group of Jews that were 
working only after hours in the building from a certain period of time, and it was only the, the next day after they had cleared out totally that the building collapsed. Right. Yeah. It was all orchestrated. It's so clear. Um, and there's, there's a reason why the government of America is trying to squash the 9-11 event or the real investigation into it, an, yeah. an unbiased investigation into it. Right. Larry Silverstein, that's his name. And, uh, Larry Silverstein, Larry, that's yeah, Right, right. But he's related to the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers who built the United Nations. And by the way, uh, the all the people, the, the, the Dulles brothers aren't Jewish to my knowledge. But uh, a lot of these communist spies that they worked with were, in fact, Jews. Okay? There's no doubt yeah. that uh, many of these yeah. guys were Jews, including Alger Hiss. Alger Hiss was a Jew. Okay? So he was just yeah. an operative of the Rothschilds, Alger Hiss, and so were the Dulles brothers. Okay? So let's continue. Yes. That The mm-hmm. article here has a, a picture of the two Dulles brothers. Uh, looks like sometime in the 40s or 50s. Okay. John Foster Dulles was on the executive committee of the Federal Later National Council of Churches. In 1942, he chaired a meeting of 30 religious denominations brought together by the Federal Council of Churches. And Time, March 16th of that year, reported they adopted a program calling for a world government of delegated powers. Now, wait a minute. It says delegated powers. It doesn't say representative powers. Yeah, you see, folks, the United Nations is yeah. not a representative. It's not a democratic organization, as most people understand the word democratic. Those people aren't representatives mm. of any people anywhere. They are delegated by the Rothschilds to occupy chairs that the Rothschilds. In other words, the Rothschilds created a theater. And they handpicked the actors mm. that sit in the chairs, and these chairs pretend to represent nations, but they do not. No. Okay? They do not. That's the charade that's going on here, folks. Yeah. It's a total charade. Yeah. So, they adopted a program calling for a world government of delegated, underlined delegated powers, strong and immediate limitations on national sovereignty, a universal system of money and various other globalist measures. And the thing that amazes me, Pastor Martins, is that liberals fall for this stuff. They're going along with the program. Over to you. But, but Pastor, they don't fall for the stuff. They actually uh, push that stuff. They actually (laughs) uh, 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 propagate it because it fits their agenda. Right. Right. And, of course, the leadership in liberal circles as well as in Judeo-church circles are very much agents for the Illuminati, okay? The whole yeah. homosexual movement and transgender movement in the churches is top-down, infiltrator, yeah. infiltrator down. But that's why the common people are leaving the churches, because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, in your local Catholic congregation, some uh, priest from another denomination or from another parish comes along and then starts molesting yeah. your children. 
and they try to get rid of the guy. Yeah. And then uh, once it becomes public knowledge that this Catholic priest is molesting your children, then they ship him off to another parish. And you find out he's been shipped off from one parish yes. to another. Yes, and, and is, it continues with what he was doing in the first place. Yes, yeah, and there's no justice. Now, hmm. now yeah. the Roman Catholic Church claims to act in the name of Christ, right? Would Christ approve yeah. of such horrendous activity? Yeah. yeah how can a Catholic well, live with this? Is. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, it's the average Catholic's fault that they keep going to these churches. They should be leaving Catholic churches yeah. in droves and not giving them another dime. Let the church go bankrupt. Yeah. But, go ahead. But, but Pastor, my, my take on this is the Edomites are welcome to go to the Catholic Church and every other church there is. That's right. Because the, 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 those that are of the, the um, Israel identity, they were never intended to go into churches except the temple, which was, of course, their place of worship. And yeah, Temple of Yahweh. Otherwise, yeah, they they otherwise they assembled under trees and they assembled in yeah, in hogs. common places. Yeah, or in each other's homes, yeah, as we do today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's early Christianity was uh, wherever they could have. Yeah. Now there were synagogues uh, available to yeah. them, you know, because the Israelites, not Jewish synagogues, the Israelite synagogues all over the Greco-Roman world, uh, were peopled by oh. Israelites and uh, that Paul oh. often preached in synagogues. Okay, and a synagogue, the original word for a synagogue is simply assembly. Uh, then, then, that, a a yeah. place of assembly. Yeah, um, be, right. It is a synagogos, which means a, a place of getting together. That could yeah. have been a school hall or a, a community hall. Right, exactly. It doesn't have to be an official, quote-unquote, place of called a synagogue, yeah. like the Jews. Now, but on the other hand, a modern Jewish synagogue, non-Jews aren't allowed there. In fact, you have yeah. to buy a seat in the synagogue just as you have to buy a seat on the stock exchange in order to participate yeah. in the synagogue, a Jewish synagogue. All right. So synagogues are not open to the yeah. public. They are not. Okay. And unfortunately, yeah, Judeo-Christianity exactly. has opened the doors to non-Christians and Jews and anything else under the sun, including foxes. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 including wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes. Yes. And skunks. And skunks too, right? And skunks. It reeks to high yeah. heaven. It sure does. Okay. All right. So, and then you've yeah. been uh, dealing with these uh, realities yourself in South Africa. And I was amazed the extent yeah. to which your experience uh, in South Africa mirrors my experience here in America. We we're dealing with the same issues. It's obvious that the mm. deformed churches have taken control over modern church, modern churchianity, and it, yeah. it's hell on earth. They have created a hell on earth with their false doctrine. You know, and, and they preach love, 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 yeah. but everything they do is mm. hate, 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 and war, war, war. It's, it only becomes hate, 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 and war, war, war once you start talking the truth of, with that's, them, Pastor. That's right. If you try and... If you try and 
if you try and put the truth on the table before them, that is when it becomes hate, hate, hate. That's right. And we've yeah. seen it here in, here in South Africa where uh, those Boers who have dis rediscovered their identity as Israelites, once they start putting the truth on the table, the scriptural truth, yes. um, of course the, the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners like to only quote uh, a portion of the scripture, they only quote a particular verse. But when you give them the whole, the whole section, uh, a few verses before, so that you can see what this verse is all about, they then turn around and they call you a Bible puncher or yeah, right. uh, something like that. Bible thumper, yeah. When they do, when yep. they do their humping of, of uh, just certain scripture passages or parts of uh, scriptural passages, uh, then it's okay. But the moment that you put it within the context of the whole chapter, it becomes a problem to them. That's right. They... they, they shut the conversation down, right? Because you said the magic oh, word, truth. Yeah, they try to. Truth is something yeah. they hate. Therefore, they cannot yeah. continue. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, continuing with this article, which is very, very good. Since the Illuminati mm. ambition was not merely to consolidate churches in America, but throughout the planet, in 1948, the World Council of Churches was formed. Okay, so right around the time of the United Nations. John Foster yeah. Dulles attended the founding conference in Amsterdam. The conference's director of research was John C. Bennett, member of the Council on Foreign Relations and president of Union Theological Seminary. So you can see that the World Council of Churches, and by 1948 they had established control of many formerly Christian seminaries, now, uh, how should we put this, deformed seminaries, uh, conspiratorial, yeah. Illuminati, Illuminati seminaries. Also attending was Reinhold Niebuhr, CFR, Union Theological Seminary, founding for the World Council, funding for the World Council of Churches came from the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations. These are your tax-exempt foundations, who use tax money, uh, avoid paying taxes, so they can use the money to subvert Christianity and white civilization. Period. That's yeah. what they do. To, and most of these people are white people, filling uh, mm. filling the butts in the chairs of officialdom here. The, dele the delegations are usually bought off Shabazz Goy white people. That's what most of these people are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for, for short-term for short gain, they, um, they fall into these traps. Yes. And once they have you in these traps, Pastor, then, uh, of course, you've had it because they, they will find something whereby which they will mail, blackmail you and label you. That's yes. the way that they operate, making sure that, making sure that you don't leave um, that position where in which they can manipulate your yeah. very move and make you do the things that they want you to do. Yeah, that sounds like a cult. You're describing a cult. Of course it is, Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's based on the principles of Freemasonry. Yeah, just as uh, mm -hmm. last night I pointed out that the, the 
Bank of England was founded by just such blackmail, mm. using uh, prostitutes like Barbara Villiers to compromise uh, Dutch, I'm sorry, English barons and lords and what have you. And if they didn't vote for the Bank of England, they would blackmail them. Okay? And make their yeah. lives miserable. This is how they operate. They still do the same thing today. They use prostitutes to compromise people and blackmail them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Their, their methodology. Just what I said before. Yeah. Blackmail and compromise. Yeah, exactly. But not it's not the kind of compromise that people normally think of, right? Oh, let's compromise. No, yeah. they're being compromised by fornication and blackmail. That's a whole different ballgame, yeah. folks, right? So Absolutely. Okay, this uh although the National World Council of Churches provided structures for consolidation, the question remained of how to motivate churches to unite. Now all of the, you know we, all these denominations spent all this time denominating, separating from one another. How are you going to bring them back together? Well, I, I think it has a little bit to do with money. You know, you, yes, you pay, of course. You, you pay one denomination a little bit of money, and the next denomination a little bit of money, and pretty soon you have unity. Christian denominations often differ mm-hmm. over various theological issues. But they generally agree on values, helping the poor and sick, for example. The strategy for unification, yeah. therefore, was to encourage them to collaborate where they did agree. This took the form of an action-oriented program known as the social gospel. Okay? So, any mm-hmm. Judeo-Christian who believes in the social gospel, here's where it came from. It's an Illuminati yeah. initiative. All right. Yeah. And once you once you um, discover that so many pieces of the puzzle just falls together. Absolutely. Yeah, we're we're trying to alert people to this reality that Christianity has been manipulated for now a, a century and a quarter, for a century and a quarter yeah. into the social gospel. Distracting yeah, it. Now, now, here's the practical consequences. Before the social gospel, churches, and I'm talking about denominations, for example, here in America, and this was true in Europe and even, I'm sure, in South yeah. Africa, they took care of, there was a, it was a family-oriented denomination. All the, all the denominations, they would take care of helping the poor. If you had a poor relative, you would send them to a church, or if there was a... a a, a poor child, a homeless child on the street, you would send them to a church or, or, or a Christian mission yeah. that would handle this kind of... There was yeah. no such thing as a welfare state. There was no government assistance. So they all had to go through the churches, yeah. through the denominations. And they yeah. did a much better job than than the government does today. Okay? So, so a Christian but, but, charity but, has been but to- deformed. But Go ahead. Uh, would churches still be able to do a good work today? Wouldn't they use it for manipulative uh, control <laughs> right. of those? Because what we've what we've seen in South Africa is if you're not a member of a particular denomination, you, they're not willing to help you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. And, and even, yeah. 
even you, you can recall uh, Dirk van Vieren's uh, Philadelphia Ark. Right? Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, which was a sanctuary for whites in South Africa, yes. Yes. Well, Pastor, that particular place has dilapidated um, because if, if uh, people don't abide to his uh, 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 religious views, and his religious views have now even included, for example, a wheel that very uh, closely resembles the wheel in the Vatican. Oh, we're kidding. Completely. So, okay. so it's something that we'll need to talk about uh, when yeah. we see one another at some time or the other that okay. uh, a lot of, of, of uh, strange things have been, been coming out of that group. Okay, sounds like it's been infiltrated, just like any other denomination. But yeah, the Philadelphia well, Ark was a very Christian, white Christian organization that was providing sanctuary for more people. So you're saying it has uh, it's no longer doing that anymore? Uh, Pastor, it is still purporting to be a, a Boer institution or Boer place. Okay. But um, the, the the belief system coming out of that, uh, uh, we'll talk about it at some stage okay. or the other. There is a lot more to it than merely okay. what can be said in the next few minutes. So it sounds like it's been deformed, just like the other denominations. That's very sad to hear. Okay, well, I will pray yes, for Dirk, because uh, when I met with him, he he seemed to be a very good man. So, okay, but, uh, yeah, so, that that pretty, we're almost at the end of today's time slot, so uh, let me just uh, yeah. finish here what, uh, what uh, he is saying here. The social gospel, Walter yeah. Rauschenbusch, I wonder if he's related to the Bushes, <laughs> a, Bap a Baptist minister yeah. trained at Rochester Theological Seminary, also funded by the Rockefellers, became a socialist and was known as the father of the social gospel. So here you go, folks. What's called the social gospel in modern theology is funded by the super rich, by the Illuminati, by the Rockefellers. Yeah. Anybody who preaches this garbage is not a Christian. He's a usurper. He's an agent. He's an agent for the enemy, for the devil. Christians yeah. need to know these things. All right? So, all right, Pastor, thanks for being uh, my co-host again today. And we'll pick this subject up next Excellent, Sunday. Father. Okay? And then we'll talk in Excellent. the meantime. Thank you very much, okay. Yes. All right. Take Praise care. Yahweh. And yeah. Praise Yahweh. All right, folks. That's today's show, part three of ecumenism. Thanks for listening. See you next time.